2: Like you've never heard it before. The Laws of Life with Gary Hertzberg on cliffcentral.com. Hello, Sonny Bonaini. Guten Tag, Goeiedag, Bonjour. Any greeting that you want to do in any part of the world. Hello, I am Saul Smith. I'm standing in for Gary Hertzberg today. And this is The Laws of Life on cliffcentral.com. Alongside me today on the decks, we've got Palesa as usual, and we have Lionel Makokotlela. Hello, Lionel.
0: Hello, Saul, and Palesa, our flower of the day. And yeah, well, welcome Saul to, to to the hot seat. Yeah, to the hot seat. Yeah. I was just about to say the hot seat and I hope then you buckle up.
2: All right. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm completely strapped in today. We continue our collaboration with Legal Talk South Africa, certainly, which is an initiative that wants to bring affordable legal advice to the public through one of their various channels. They have a they've got an app, a, a mobile application. <laughs> they have a very very active Facebook page, and they also have a website. Um, the Facebook page you can ask questions and sort of crowdsource a legal opinion uh, from other members of the public who've been there, who have the experience, and also from uh, people who have expertise, who have studied and who are, I think there are a few, uh, attorneys on that site too. True that. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a pay site, uh, which is legaltalksa.co.za. Um, up there you can pay a minimal fee to get a legal opinion from a practicing attorney. I think it's a very minimal fee. I think it's 180 rand, yes. which is very reasonable when you consider that, like, most of us won't answer the phone for 180 rand. Uh, did you just say most, not you,
0: Carl? Cause you're, like, very expensive. Oh, I'm extremely expensive. Exactly. Um,
2: yeah. You pay, you, you get what you pay for.
0: No, certain. And beside that, they actually have like different uh, attorneys who specialize in different fields. So there's legal for let's say law uh when it comes to um malpractice attorneys um labor laws um property code last week we actually had somebody in for uh, from the property division, and they just do various uh legal shows uh, in in that regard and I think the public should actually um familiarize themselves with the platforms and really take advantage of it and they do have. Of course, Facebook, um, which is uh, what most people tend to uh, to utilize to get their um, their questions uh, out there.
2: Absolutely, Lionel. E- even even as just a a, a first line of information, because a lot of people will go to an attorney and not really know anything. They've That's just got true. a situation here. At least you can mitigate those costs. You don't have to consult for two hours. You can consult for an, for you know half an hour because you, you've got a little bit of understanding of what should happen and what has happened. True that. Right. Uh okay. Um so today we are going to be focusing on some of the labor questions that have come up on the Facebook page posted by members of the public and members of the Legal Talk South Africa Facebook group. Joining us in studio today, we have ladies first, we have Jackie Perkins from the Fair Labour Practice. Welcome back, Jackie. Hi, thank um, you. Um and we also have Chili Sanani Mukwevo from Labour Law Enterprise. Hi, how are you? Well, thank you. Uh, can I call you Chili?
3: Um, Chili Sanani will do. Chili Sanani will <laughs> do. <laughs> okay, yes. and
0: uh, our contact details is um, at Hertz Law, that's basically our Twitter handle, uh, H E R T Z L A, W. And you basically do the um, Cliff Central, um, I mean, the the laws of life on Facebook, that's your show then you actually have to do their their the
2: voicing. Oh, t- right. So uh, you can find us on Facebook at The Laws of Life with Gary Hertzberg. Yes. Um thanks Lionel. No, cool. It. Um Chili Sanani do you want to just give us a little bit about about yourself, what's your background, where you came from?
3: Okay. Um like I said my name's Chili Sanani, um background, education, become law, University of the Western Cape, um, grew up in Mafeking Born in Venda in Limpopo, worked here in Joburg, so I've been quite around. Uh been practicing now for two years. Two years and two months now. Practicing yeah. as a a labour consultant. As a labour consultant. Yeah. Why labour? Um actually it was by default actually. Oh. Um what happened is um it's by default but actually it's almost as if the dots joined um, what happened at varsity is, you know, first year you get to varsity, you just do whatever and it's time to pick uh majors. And then I saw industrial psychology. I'm, I'm like, what's this? It was economics. I know economics. So industrial psychology. What? What's this? Um, picked it. OK. Um, graduated and then moved to Joburg from Cape Town. Um, and then it was time to apply. Um, saw a job. I was like, uh, okay. So you just took, took it and then you rode with yeah, it. I don't even think I would get in. You know that thing of when you're just web browsing, you see something and you're like, ah.
2: Well, when you're unemployed, you
3: apply for every, every you <laughs> exactly. apply for every single
2: job I- and whichever one comes first, you're like, I'll do that. Exactly.
3: exactly. I applied the afternoon in the morning. I got a call. Um, to come through um, and then the rest is history I guess As they say that's a pretty good story two and a half years in the industry that's good uh,
2: Jackie I know you've been in the industry a little bit longer than that
1: uh, a tad longer the Fair Labor practice has been open and running around for the last 15 odd years um, I don't have a, a legal background I have a, a streetwise background rather than uh, education I do have um, a diploma in Arbitration Alternative Dispute Resolution Through AFSA and University of Pretoria Which I surprised myself by Passing cum laude But I love what I do And that's I think where where the difference is
2: But prior to the fair labour practice You spent many years in HR and, and industrial relations That's
1: correct With the um, control Instruments group I was there for about 20 odd years Wow I'm, wa- I'm sort of one of yeah. those that stays and stays and stays
2: Part of the furniture until they yeah. retrenched you <laughs> That's right <laughs> yeah. Okay um, We're going to be answering questions that have been placed on the Facebook page But Chili Sonani Wanted to talk a little bit about a, a little bit of case law that came out recently yeah. We normally get carried away with these questions So I think maybe we should just dedicate 5 or 10 minutes to this uh, little bit of interesting case law uh, You say it's Harvey versus Nealand in the Labour Court
3: Nealand versus Harvey, yeah It's at the Labour Court, was taken on review at the Labour Court What really took me by this case is it's constructive dismissal So Very difficult to prove Exactly Because now Since I started You know Working as a labor consultant I've never seen A case where a person Wins such a case Construct dismissal So now My thing Or beef rather Has always been Why Why do they have it Because it's almost as if No matter what you do You will not win Right So now This case If I wasn't Aware of constructive dismissal, I would assume that this person was constructively dismissed. If I read it, you know, face value.
2: Let's let's just give the listeners a, an idea of what constructive dismissal is, because a lot of people get this wrong. Uh, should we go around the table, Lionel? Have you got any idea?
0: No, I don't actually. I wanted no to actually ask the question because constructive uh, constructive dismissal to me just sounds like more like uh, you being pushed out of the work uh, working environment. Due to circumstances. Let's say, for example, your, your employer has got beef with you and they simply now start micromanaging you and start nitty, um, well, complaining about each and every tiny little thing that you do. And that could actually lead to you being, um, deciding to resign. Not necessarily that you wanted to, but because they are just basically pushing you off the cliff, as the one would call it that. But I'm not quite sure if that would actually stand in their uh, uh, definition of.
1: Really, where the employer. mm Renders the relationship intolerable. So yes. the employer does stuff that that the employee simply can't stand. Um, but it's very difficult to prove because it's it's uh, subjective, mm-hmm. and the employer has the prerogative to manage its business as it sees fit. Obviously, within reasonable and lawful grounds. But often relationships do sour. Mm-hmm. We know this. So we, you know, obviously personal and work relationships go sour. But sometimes the employer is seen as the boogeyman, but it's not really so. It's actually the individual manager of the employer who's, who's accountable for, for doing all this stuff about making a person's life completely intolerable at work. But the test is what is intolerable mm-hmm. um, and what did you do about it? So if you are the, the receiver of the intolerability, what did you do to try and remedy the situation before doing the resignation number and then coming to the CCMA or the labor court for help? So it's important that people understand um, that if if your boss is being mean to you, you need to take some form of remedial action. You need to say, well, stop that conduct. I don't like it. Please help me with this. I don't understand that, whatever it might be. So, you can't just back yourself into a corner and expect a resignation and then a commissioner to give you a whole bag full of money because it's not going to work like that.
3: But uh, let,
0: let's just try to uh, tackle this. Uh, if the employer is actually uh, putting pressure on you, do you have to talk to them or do you speak to the HR uh, manager? Because well, in,
1: in a some lot of companies, there is no HR. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you, you would raise your concern with the person who's aggrieving you. Mm -hmm. So you would, you would raise a grievance. Now, in my view, I mean, in in my experience as an HR person for a long time, people don't like raising grievances because they say they'll be victimized. Exactly. This, that, and the next thing. It's nonsense. If you have a grievance and it's real, you will put it in writing and you will stand by it and you will fight for your cause. Because otherwise, what's the point? For me, if you're not prepared to write it down and speak about it and take it to its its proper conclusion, then it's just a gripe.
0: So it's a fruitless exercise. Yeah,
1: and it's just a gripe and you're just being grumpy and you're not prepared to try and help resolve it because you also have to be part and parcel of the resolution because where there's a problem, there's two or more people involved. One of them is you. Mm. So you might be the cause of that problem. In many cases... Um, employees who raise these these issues and won't go to the grievance stage are themselves problematic.
3: Wow. Absolutely true. And I can also just add that, you know, a lot of times people confuse resignation and constructive dismissal. Because it's one thing if maybe, say, I'm being bullied by Saul, for example. So we work together, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he bullies me all the time. Every day. And I just keep quiet. I keep to myself. And then it comes to a point where I'm like, you know what? I have to leave here I write down a resignation letter Saying that You know what I've been very happy here Things have been wonderful But I feel that You know I have to Pursue other ventures And then turn around And say um, You pushed me out You pushed me out well, CCMA I mean, concept
2: you, Just your resignation letter Shot you in the foot You exactly. said I've had such a wonderful time here And now you're saying It was horrible I, I, I,
3: Exactly contradiction. Because now I think A lot of times It's more of What you call it I'm not trying to you know Press or pin on anyone But a lot of times is You'll find that we never really Grow up We just become grown up children So whatever issues that you had as a child They will sort of follow you Into adulthood So now if I was bullied as a child And I never learned how to And you always feel like a victim Exactly So now should someone do something to me um, Already I'll feel like oh my god Why me they're out to get me. Well, let's let's bring this back to Niland versus
2: Harvey. Exactly. So this case is scandalous. I mean, it's 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 such a funny story. It's just crazy. Uh, do you want do you want to outline the case? Or?
3: Absolutely, I can do that. Okay. So the case goes as follows. Uh, can I just use uh, person A and B? Uh, person A and B. Person A applies for a job at a uh, person B. They get a job um, as a hunter. Uh so they keep they work there all as well person B being the employer. So they work together on the lodge. Exact yeah. on the farm. Right. As a you know hunter. Uh person A has a wife and person B person has B a wife. also has a wife. Hmm. Right? Um <laughs> and then what happens is person B who's the employer then now uh, has an affair with A's wife.
2: Right, so the, the boss is having an affair with his employee's wife. Exactly, right. and then
3: uh, what's it called uh, person B's wife finds out, and she's like, "You know what? I'm not having any of this." Yeah, she, she decides lives. she leaves. She she divorces him. She leaves. She's like, "You know what? Uh-uh." G- good for her. Absolutely. Yeah. Person A is, you know what, hurt, but then he doesn't resign. He's like, "Ah, you know what? Life, it's life."
2: Yeah. So he's cool with this Well he's not cool well, Not, not, not cool,
3: cool but Yeah You nap it in the butt Exactly yeah. So um, They have a discussion Quote unquote uh, They go back To working together All as well um, And that goes on For another two years Exactly They work together happily For another two years But the affair still continues He doesn't uh, know He doesn't know mm. Right And then What happens is they One night they go to a bar Um yeah, this is
1: the employer and the employee. Yeah. Yeah. they go to the bar. So they're, exactly. actually,
3: they're actually social friends. Exactly, they, they hunt together and, uh, and also and chill. Yeah. They drink together. They drink yeah. together. Yeah. So now, um, as as what happens at bars, alcohol, whatever, a little bit of lubricant. <laughs> and, and yeah, they get into a dispute. Um, what's it? Person A then now writes on Facebook. You know what, I think it's time for me to pursue other ventures. So he gets another job at a neighboring farm, he resigns. Cool. And then there was issues about ownership of whatever because they even at one point company. Yeah, they they bought a a, what's it, a farm or together. So Mm. you know, things were okay. Sorry. Are these business partners or employer and employee? At, At this stage they're both. Oh, okay. They have a business together and in a separate business, the one is the employee. Oh, the okay. Other. All right. So now, you know, Facebook, people write whatever. So he says, you know what, on, moving on to, uh, uh, what you call it. So long story short, he ducks. Exactly. He, he writes he on Facebook,
2: I'm leaving. He gets another job and then he goes. Exactly. And then he comes to the court a few, well, it's got to be within 30 days. Exactly. He goes to the CCMA and he says, you drove me out because you're sleeping with my wife. Exactly. You drove me out. So floor number one with his case. He's already got a job by the time he leaves. So he's, he's leaving to another job and that's why he's leaving.
3: It's not because of it's the affair. It's not because
2: it's intolerable. He's, he lived with the affair for ages. So, I mean, in, in my mind, it's pretty clear that he's, he left to pursue other ventures. Mm-hmm. He didn't
3: leave because he hated his boss. Absolutely. So pretty cut and dry there. Yeah. But then now they took it on review mm. and then still, they still said the same thing at, at review. Mm. But you know what? Had it been so intolerable, you could have left. Your actions would have shown that, you know what, Mm. it is intolerable. But no, you stayed for another two years. So now, by you staying, you're sort of saying that, no, I'm cool with it. You can't just say, after two years, no, actually, two years ago, I was very hurt. So let's backtrack a bit to two years ago, and let's try to get a defense based on two years ago. It doesn't really work like that. No, it doesn't. So really... Like, you know, construct dismissal like, like it is um, It's got to be intolerable
2: Exactly And it's got to be intolerable at the time that you leave And you have to have done something about it
3: Exactly Which a lot of people don't do Correct They just up and throw a tantrum and say, ah, I I'm know, out of here I don't know if you noticed in the judgment they, they have reference to 500
2: pages of documents that were submitted to court Absolutely And the judgment is two pages mm-hmm. 500 pages Can you imagine being the magistrate or the judge who has to deal with that kind of submission
1: Yeah, no, it was absolute nonsense In fact, when I read the judgment I was quite surprised that He had the guts to take it that far mm. Well, maybe he's just plain thick Sorry, in my view um, Not without besmirching anyone's character But the intolerability carried on for two years Because his wife continued to have the affair behind his back anyway Despite them having forgiven each other and done all these things, and it was it was public knowledge; people knew about it. Absolutely. Yeah, and so he couldn't have not known about it mm. for all that time. So there was well, nothing intolerable there. It was just I think that he, I he think was to- probably embarrassed.
2: Yeah, and I think towards the end it was a very acrimonious relationship between the two because there was other litigation between the parties mm-hmm. um, in in the in the Madge Court and in, all the way to the Supreme Court of Appeal and what's interesting about those cases was uh, was an attempt to enforce a restraint of trade um which was successful but what was really interesting about that case was that the the court allowed person A the employer to use was the employer person no, no, B
3: no, employer person B okay
2: person B to use messages off of person A's Facebook account that he had gotten unlawfully he had his he had his employee's password he logged into his employee's facebook account he stole the the messages downloaded the the private messages mm-hmm. and printed them out and used that as evidence in the court and the court said even though you got it illegally uh, as a violation of privacy we can still accept this evidence into court very interesting no, you can you can mm. sue him later for invasion of privacy but right now yeah. we're happy to use it Okay, so that's, that's constructed dismissal and Harvey and Nealand and, uh, scandalous. Very. Um, nice. Let's move on to, <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's move on to the questions that we've gotten off Facebook. Um, there's a whole section on probation. People don't really seem to understand what probation is and how it works and, and, and why we have it and how different it is to real employment. So here's question one. This comes from Comfort and he says, can the employer Dismiss an employee who is still on probation without a hearing. Now, one person answers, the uh, fellow called Andre. He says, probation means a trial period with the intention of possible employment. I don't know if the employer can terminate probation at any time before it ends, but I know that the employer is under no obligation to employ the possible employee to be. Okay, so let's, uh, let's go ladies first. Well, What's wrong sure with that I'd, statement? Uh,
1: yeah, I don't uh, agree with that rather sweeping statement. Probation is an opportunity for both parties to see if they're going to fit. Obviously, it's not a one-sided thing. The employer has all the power. The employee also brings a set of skills to the workplace and, and generates power through that. So the probation is really an opportunity for the parties to see whether that relationship is going to work. More from a performance point of view, um, from Do we like each other? It's not necessarily a marriage, but obviously you've got to be able to work together. And whether this person can actually bring those skills and give the outputs that's been promised in the interview. And also whether the employer is able to pay for those services in the way that has been promised and all those things. Now, in my view, probation, um, you do need to have some form of... um, not micromanaging, but feedback sessions on a regular basis, saying this is great, that's lousy, fix this, I love it, whatever. And your employees should also be given an opportunity to say, well, I don't like the way you speak to me in the morning and I wish you'd greet me and all these things. And then once once you've had those at least over a three-month period, six meetings, I would say every two weeks, you then can confirm employment, but if it's not working, at least you, you've let your employee know upfront that it's not working, and it's unlikely then that the relationship will continue unless certain things are met, and all of that should be documented in writing. And I know my clients are near them pulling their hair out, saying, "Oh, I've got so much to do already. I don't have to do all of this," but that's about the relationship. And in fact, probation ends and, and the, that doesn't change anything. You still have to have feedback sessions. You still have to talk to your employees and they're back to you. So the relationship is permanent. Right from the beginning, really. Um, and you have to be talking to each other about what's not working and what is working. And if you do want to dismiss a probationary employee, you have to give them an opportunity to say why they shouldn't be dismissed. It doesn't have to be a formal, Disciplinary hearing mm. But it does have to be an opportunity To be heard um, and, and you'd be amazed Some employees come up with some very inventive Ways of not being dismissed They can give you input They can Cry, scream, plea Whatever But okay. uh, you need to hear them
2: So so the short answer Can the employer dismiss an employee who's still on probation Without hearing
1: No, I'd say no
2: No okay. He- a hearing basically means the opportunity to be heard, as you correct. said. Correct. So it doesn't th- have
1: to be a formal right. chairperson and witnesses and the whole Megillah, but it does have to be an opportunity to s- state a case.
2: Okay.
0: It sounds procedurally correct. It really well, does.
2: It, Not exactly. Chilissa Nani has has <laughs> a view.
3: Yeah. Not exactly, because remember, like uh, the lady said, probation really – It's just for the employee To show their capability Right And then The employer as well To give feedback On whatever they've Put in Right With the
0: potential Of being employed Permanently Right But if then You feel that somebody Is not living up to that expectation And they don't know That they're not living up To the expectation The least you can do Is to call a meeting So that you actually Voice your unhappiness And try to address those So that they can actually Be mitigated Okay Because if you then Dismiss somebody without actually having that hearing It might actually cause you problems When it goes to the CCMA because they want To know what sort of procedures were done If then the person was not actually coming In late all the time and they were supposed To be coming uh, at a, at this specific time Did you really try and sit down with them And have a counselling meeting because those things Actually also add up to uh, to One's uh, advantage It's very similar to a performance
2: enhancement program exactly. For the first three months you got to assess, give feedback And improve but that said, just to clarify, when you are employed on probation, you are employed. It's not—it's not like you've—you've you've, you've got a, a fixed-term contract or a temporary employment. Absolutely. If you're employed on on probation, you are an employee.
1: Mm-hmm. So, and you have rights that go absolutely. with employment. Mm-hmm.
2: Absolutely, the the procedural requirements might be a little bit less onerous on the mm-hmm. employer for the for, for that probationary period—a little bit less onerous. But you still—you can't just out of the blue say. It's not working. Get out.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, come the end of March. Cheers. You're out of here today. It's your last working day. I mean, it's a big fat surprise. Yeah. So, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. Hmm. Well, but it does, but it shouldn't.
2: I think we need to move along a little bit quicker. We're we wow, it's it's been great. 25 minutes in already and uh we have answered one question <laughs> um, It's really interesting though Here's another question about probation from Jade She says, I started working at the end of last month And was put on one month probation Till this Friday as the contract states So now this weekend it's stock take And all staff must be there Do I count as staff? Ah, that's a tricky
0: one Well, lawyers, are people who have actually dealt with this
1: I guess not Because if her contract ended on Friday Unless it's been renewed Ended up. She so is it a
2: fixed-term contract? If a there, fixed there's, term contract. If she had a one-month contract, then she had a one-month like contract. It like a fixed-term contract. It wasn't a probationary contract. It was a one-month contract, perhaps.
3: Um, you know, when I read this question, I wrote down a few notes um, saying that, you know what, I'm a bit... Confused, or I don't really understand the question. Like you said, is it a fixed term? Is it probation? If it's fixed term, it'll say you are you'll be employed from this date up until this state. If it's probation, is it probation in a, a what's called employment contract saying that you'll be on probation for so long, and then after probation you'll be a full-time employee? Or how does it now really work? Because now there are two sides I think, really.
2: I think this. Is a fixed term is a is a probationary period disguised as a as fixed a, term contract, which is against the spirit of the law. Yep.
1: Which happens frequently with employers entering into these so called fixed term contracts in order to avoid their obligations. Mm. In terms of the Labour Relations Act, I, I I hate those contracts. And I think if you're going to enter into a fixed term contract, there's got to be a good reason for it. In other words, the project is starting on Monday and it's finishing on Friday. And after that, the project is finished. Then there's a good reason for a fixed term. But it's not so that I can assess whether you're going to fit into my company or not. That's a probation.
3: And Another thing is that you'll find that what employers do is they will give you a probation, quote-unquote, period, and then keep on extending the probation, not in good faith, Mm -hmm. but because to exclude you from certain rights, that would be accrued to you, should you be a, uh, what you call it, uh, a permanent employee. So you know it's what uh, it's what employers do, unfortunately, and because people don't know, they go with the flow and say, "Oh no, it's fine. I'm still on probation. I'm still on probation." And then come a month five, they're being told that, "Ah, oh, no, sorry, it's not working out. Pack your things, go." And then it's a thing of. But then I've been on probation exactly. for two years. What are you doing here? <laughs> exactly. Mm. You're not telling me what's wrong. You're not giving me feedback. So. Yeah, unfortunately. So, so when is
2: it acceptable to sort of extend a probationary period?
3: Okay. If maybe you know, you see that there's room for there's there's progress but you're not really satisfied. It's not quite there yet. Yeah. So you it's three months but you you you're there but Yeah, you know, you're not so you, I wanna just there's extend two things it. I need you to fix. You a- need, need to do this better. Exactly better. before I can confirm that you know what either full time employment or it's not working out. Yeah. So it's just to give you more time to uh, reach the standard, yeah, reach the standard. What's and that's very reasonable because you don't want to just cut someone at the knees because they didn't uh, do one thing out of uh, you didn't send your
2: emails out, early exactly. enough in the morning.
3: but then mm. your work is satisfactory. It's just that thing of maybe time frame, but then everything else is good. So you're not like, like, let us just increase it a little bit so that you get that trend
2: in you. So your, in, in that case, it is. It's sort of, it's lawful and reasonable to extend that area. absolutely but sure, as
1: long as you're having the feedback sessions with people, that it right, sure. doesn't just happen at the end of the period. Oh, by the way, you're no good.
0: Yeah, um, I, I, I fully agree with your statement, yeah. and I also think then it's very important that you outline the duties that the person ought to do on their probation, just so that when you measure, you've got something that you say, But this is what we had actually agreed on, and you are actually. Meshing it Or you are actually Underperforming And as a result We think this is What you need to do I think that's important All the way through Your employment Certainly. relationship Certainly all those no, sure, Because more so when you're A new
1: employee You come To the employer With bells and whistles I mean you are Going to sell yourself That's the whole point True So you're going to say Yes I can answer The switchboard And I can switch On the computer And all these things Listen I started At control instruments And um, as a temporary Secretary and they asked me if I could use some machine. I said I can use any machine, and they took me on. And it took me the whole morning to find the on switch for that blasted computer. I didn't. I'd never seen a system like that in my life before. But eventually, I I, I got it. And <laughs> you were willing to learn. <laughs> and <laughs> you were willing to learn. Yeah, sure.
0: And you got to go the extra mile because. Well, I, I did. I marketed game. myself. Exactly. That was really, I,
1: you know, it was about getting the job rather than. Doing the job to start with I needed to get it first
0: You can undersell and over deliver in some cases
2: But in most cases just well, If you undersell no one's buying
3: Absolutely yeah.
2: Don't, That's not legal at <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Let's move on quickly uh, quick question about retrenchment Here's a, uh, a man called Zeko He says uh, they retrenched us at work And I stayed at home for three weeks uh, at, at the consultation Meeting They promised us severance pay, a golden handshake, and external training. And now they've asked me to start work on a different plant with a new contract. Is the employer still going to pay what he promised me?
3: Hmm. I. uh, Who wants to Uh, to feel that? I can can take a stab at it. Um, What's called? I don't know. He shouldn't get severance pay because he's not changed. His employment is continuing. Exactly. Or his alternate work has been found. Exactly. Because I think people should remember that. When you're being retrenched or the process of retrenchment, it's not a thing of one morning, boom, you're retrenched. No, there's a consultation process where they say to you that, you know what, the job that you are doing has now been, is now redundant. Mm. So now we have other positions that you can take or do you have anything in mind that you think you can take or you can do? And then we can put you there. So in his instance or she, I'm not sure. Um, they have found an alternative position for him. In the company still It's just a different plant So there's no need For severance pay Golden handshake Because his Continuous employment It's not What you call it Has not been ended it Has just been uh, What you call it Altered Alt- Altered I almost said modified. Malt- Altered altered. A, bit, altered a bit And then continued His employment So there's no need For severance pay Golden handshake And all other things That he mentioned
1: I wasn't clear On that question As to the three weeks At home number Yeah That sounded a bit Sort of Was it paid leave, unpaid leave? Well,
2: uh, it should be paid. He should absolutely be paid for his three weeks Mm. off, absolutely, Mm -hmm. without a doubt. Uh, It's not like he wanted to be on leave for three weeks. Correct. So, Tekor, get your three weeks and carry on with your job. Absolutely. Okay, uh, here's a question from Kavisha. Uh, This is mostly about disciplinary hearings. She says, what is the maximum period an employee can be suspended pending a disciplinary hearing? Ooh. So let's talk about the suspension first. Not, you're not always suspended, are you? Nope. Are we, are
1: we talking about... Uh Private company or government, because in government you can be suspended for years. Yes, yes yeah, no, hence <laughs> I was just about to <laughs> say, it <laughs> all depends. <laughs> <laughs> and it also depends
0: what sort of position you occupy, because that might actually bring a lot of complex, uh, situation or merits to the case. So it, it, all, it all depends. Okay, so let's, let's go with
2: the private. Yeah, let's, uh, let's call it a
0: private okay. company. Your
1: suspension is generally, um, Why put in place do? in order to protect the company's interests and also maybe in some cases, to even protect the employee from him or herself. And it's usually, and I would only recommend that it be on full pay because otherwise you have to get agreement. And I can't see an employee agreeing to be suspended without pay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because that's, and it does happen, but that's that's punishment. That's putting the cart before the horse. Mm.
3: But then now, if it's without pay, then that would mean that, that that's the punishment in itself for Correct. the misconduct that you had done, so for, the, for
2: which the hearing is only is, is going to be yeah. So on predetermined,
1: it's predetermined, yeah. pre-judging, yeah. yeah.
3: Or, or even after the hearing where they say that we're not going to dismiss you or we're not going to give you a final written warning, but the sanction is no pay. Well, that would also – you'd have to agree to that. You'd have to get yeah, an yeah, agreement absolutely, from yes, the yes, yes, yes.
1: That, would be a, that would be part of a sanction. Um, and I have seen sanctions like that You've, you're going to go on three weeks without pay. No dismissal. Mm-hmm. It is an alternative to dismissal, which is what the act encourages you to do. Find something short of dismissal where you can. Mm. So there are people that get punished by way of unpaid leave, or or they won't receive their salary for a month. I don't think it's very fair because it creates hardship, unnecessarily.
2: So let's talk about before the inquiry, before an inquiry, not as a, not as a punishment. Okay, if. Would you be suspended during an investigation, perhaps? Yeah, yeah. should. Because if 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 I'm if I'm the crook, and all of my info is on my computer, and you want to investigate it, you don't want me there, so that I can hide everything, so I can brief my brief my my compatriots, my accomplices. Yeah, you conflicts want, you, of interest. You want me to go home so that you can finish your investigation, and then call me in to answer the questions. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Great. Because it might breed conflicts of interest So how long would, would be reasonable I mean I guess every, every How long is a piece of string yeah. Exactly.
1: Well the shortest possible uh, Length of time in my view Is better yes. So you really ought to work hard At completing your investigation If it's very complicated If it needs forensics what, 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 It might go longer But I wouldn't like to suspend for longer than a week Remember right. it's costing you money
2: yeah, you're paying for this guy to sit at home and work.
3: And not work clever.
2: Well, not work. Yeah, and maybe yeah. do maybe yourself reputational
1: damage and stuff like that. So the shorter period, always the better.
2: So he started up a little uh a little uh competition for you on the side while he's suspended and you're paying him. It's brilliant. Uh let's move <laughs> on. So you you say as short as possible yeah. but there's no, no there's, there's nothing no, in law. there's no nothing in law that says how long it can be
1: um i think in some of the bargaining council main agreements there might be limits on suspension
2: yeah so what a what a bargaining council main agreement is is a document that uh it basically overrides the basic conditions of employment act for sp- specific sectors so for example the mining sector they've got a main agreement and their terms of employment are slightly different to say the teachers so they've each got their own agreed Terms of employment So that's a little nugget Sometimes
1: in your collective agreements As well if you have a unionised Workforce the collective Agreement may also stipulate Periods of suspension for disciplinary Action
3: Yep I agree
2: Her next Question is An employee was told that they are Told verbally that they are being placed on Paid leave and payday was last Friday And the employee has not been paid Should the employee escalate the matter To a more senior person in the organization Or report the matter directly to the CCMA So I don't want to get involved in, in the question What's interesting here Is that they've said Should we report the matter to the CCMA um,
1: So. Chilly No, <laughs> no, no.
3: <laughs> Like for what To the CCMA to do what Because they have not wronged you uh, The company has seven days To pay you If maybe you're supposed To get paid on the 30th The company still has Seven days grace period Mm. To pay you So Mm. they're actually Not in the wrong In any place here So you go to CCMA And say what? What they haven't paid me And the
1: CCMA Doesn't have jurisdiction Anyway Over matters Concerning remuneration So
2: if you're not paid For a month You don't go to the CCMA You go to the labor department Correct Absolutely
1: Except that if you earn More than the threshold earnings The labor department Will not help you Then you go to the court yeah. Then, you, yeah, then
2: it becomes then a civil litigator. Okay. Um, here's the, her next question. Is Should the employee wait to get dismissed in absentia and then refer the matter to the CCMA, or can the employee request a labor lawyer to send a letter prior to dismissal? So I'm not quite sure where she's – what the context here is. It seems like she doesn't want to go to her disciplinary inquiry. It seems as if they're just – they're, they're suspended They're sitting at home And they, they've been called to an inquiry And they don't want to go
1: Well in my view If you are summoned to an inquiry And you don't go It can be heard in your absence True. Unless you've got a very good reason For not being there One of which is that the bus ran over you um, And you're in hospital Or you got arrested for doing the cocaine last night And now you're in jail So you can't <laughs> get can't. to the inquiry
2: but if you can make it, But if you go, can
1: make it and you don't go, then you're basically waiving your rights mm-hmm. um, well, you're, to you're a fair hearing.
2: You're saying I don't have a defense. Are yeah.
3: You,
1: Do you have m- yeah, in a nutshell, you're pretty much saying I'm guilty.
2: And then you land up at the CCMA and and then, is it a re-hearing or?
1: It would be a re-hearing. The commission is obliged to open a case mm. um, at the request of the applicant. Um I would love it if the people who do open cases Could counsel those employees Who who have misperceptions Of what the CCMA really can do and can't do Then their caseload might not be as high
2: Yes, because it is quite high uh, But
1: um, on, on that scenario It doesn't sound like she's got a very meritorious case Like it's going to happen for her
3: then, can I just add on to what you just said Regarding the CCMA and its process Or its purpose rather Is that people tend to think that because the CCMA it's free because they don't pay anything should whatever happen got they can just to go to c c m a got nothing to and so you'll find that c c m a it's very backed up with cases mm. where there is there really is no case because someone will do something and then be disciplined for it and then run to the c c m a yeah
2: what you must remember is that the c c m a all those cases are on public record yep. so i know i know that uh, you're not supposed to look, and but employers do look, and and if you've been to the CCMA six seven times, they're gonna know. It raises alarm.
0: That a-
3: and it's very easy to find information from the CCMA, very just easy. from the call centre yeah, itself. You phone the call centre, you've got
2: an ID number. You say, yep. how many cases, and they'll say three.
3: Or yeah. even just to, just to say that, um, can I get a status of a case? They'll ask you, do you have a case number, or ID number? Say so I have, a, have an ID number. And then you give them the ID number, they will give you the the case number and as to what happened. Because it is public record. Exactly. And if you like you can go to the CCM in town, if it's in Joburg, mm. uplift the file because you can do that and then look as to what happened. Mm. So anybody really can do that. And people I it's think very don't know that very that you can actually go and uplift the file of so whoever. If you,
2: so if you don't have a case, don't you go. Don't go to the C M A, please. Don't go. I I absolutely 100% agree with you. Here's a question from Damon. Good day. Is it allowed for the chairman attending the hearing and making the decision whether you get dismissed or not, work for the company and not be from an independent party? So do you have to have a chairperson who's from from outside the company, or can someone from within the company uh, make that decision?
1: From outside the company.
2: Independent person.
1: Well, that's always preferable because um, both Chili and I probably do that li- for a living. Um, so, yes, please bring them to us, people. <laughs> 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 but um, you can have internal chair people, provided they're trained, they understand the mandates, provided they have not been involved in the incident. Mm. So in a large company, you you could have seven departments and you could get yeah. somebody from somewhere else to come and share the hearing.
2: So you've got the guy from the ops manager chairing the inquiry for the creative department.
1: Sure. can happen. Absolutely. Because he doesn't
2: know the person. He doesn't know the situation.
1: He doesn't know the, what's happened. What's but couldn't, about that the incident?
0: Also, couldn't that also just raises a question of uh, conflict of interest because – I'm coming as a senior and trying to be independent, yet I'm employed by this organization and I'll be seen looking after the interests of the organization. No,
1: your question, your, your statement's really good. Of course, you, your first duty is to look after your company yes, and your employer. But in disciplinary hearings, when you have internal people chairing hearings, they should have the wherewithal to come to a fair conclusion. Which might not be what the employer wants.
0: What the employee wants.
1: Or the employer.
0: Okay.
1: It, it, the employer is looking for dismissal. And I'm working in the chemistry department and Chilita Nani is downstairs in the garage and I chair an inquiry and I find him not guilty. The employer's Pissed off with me, but that's that's tough. That's part and parcel of the well. That that begs the, the way question: way we work. Cause
2: that, that really does beg the question: if you get an external chairperson, who pays him? The company. The company. Very, the well, very I often, company. Well, I
1: often when I chair inquiries, I'm told well, you you paid by the company, so you can't be unbiased. I'm saying, well, actually, I don't have to be paid by the company. You can pay me too. So if you'd like to split the bill fifty-fifty. I'd be happy with that. But there's no employee who's ever offered to pay my bill. Hmm.
0: No, it's a very complex one, but I think it's a uh, it's one that really needs to be interrogated further. Because most of the time, if I'm employed within Cliff Central and I have to share, I'll share a meeting of a disciplinary hearing about another employee who worked in the same organization, conflict of interest might actually um, come out or start simmering in there. Well, it could be
1: an allegation, but you see, when you make when you make an allegation of, for instance, an apprehension of bias or conflict of interest, you need to prove it. So you'd have to argue that. You'd have to say why you are saying, making the statement, and the chairperson would have to sit back and think about it and come back with an answer, either accuse herself, or in Shilin Sanani's case, himself, or say, "I'm not biased." I have no cause to be biased. I know nothing about the case. I don't know you. I've never met the other party. I'm going to. I'm going to hear it. Okay. Sounds fair
0: enough.
2: Well, someone's got to pay. Yeah, and and just because someone's paying me doesn't mean I'm okay. going to give them exactly what they want, right?
0: Mm, no, but if it's an independent person, I'm saying, bigger. But as somebody working internally. I have a I reserve my reservations. Okay,
1: so you're not gonna chair the Gareth Cliff chair. No, I oh, wouldn't okay. I
0: wouldn't. Um <laughs> no. <laughs> I would excuse myself and I'll just simply say rather get somebody who's an independent and somebody qualified who can actually chair this. Look,
1: it's obviously okay. the best solution. Yes. But are smaller companies that can't afford resources mm. like mm. that.
2: Mm. Wow, yeah. Now you've got to and the external chairpersons tend to Formalize these matters Like mm-hmm. they make it almost like a criminal inquiry Where it really doesn't need to be It could be a lot a lot looser A lot more like just a discussion about what had happened Depending obviously on the complexity of the situation sure. Okay, uh, here's a topic that I really don't understand And have never understood And it's medical boarding mm-hmm. So this, this young lady called Melanie has written in She says, my husband had a leg amputation And his trade was as a truck driver his work, work wants to medically board him what does that mean does that mean he will never be able to apply for work or is he just not allowed to work as a driver and what what does it mean and what happens if you are medically boarded who pays you how do you get how do you get an income what is it all about
1: hmm. do you um, know that about this okay
2: let
3: me let me okay medically boarded right like she said um husband leg can't drive therefore right. can't work Right. But before they even reach that stage of medically boarding him, mm. isn't there something that they can do within, within the company. organization? Mm. Because obviously for this position as a driver, they, they can't, can't be a driver, to, but yeah, can, can c- he do some admin? E- mm. Exactly. Okay. Because now they also look at, you know, medically boarded, they split it into two, temporary incapacity or permanent incapacity. So temporary incapacity if, let me say I bang my head against the desk. And then I'm temporarily incapacitated. I, I can't. have a headache, or whatever. I won't have a headache forever. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm not a med- but medical person, but uh, I won't have a headache, you know, forever, and will, won't be able to work. Maybe for a day I'll have a headache, and then tomorrow I can come to work. That's fine. Yeah. But then if it's medically uh, what's it, permanent incapacity, mm-hmm. there has to be a medical report from the doctor to ascertain the the length or the what did you call it. The severity of the injury, f- the doctor to say actually no, this person cannot work in well, that position I mean, again.
2: In this situation, would you need that? I mean, he doesn't have a leg. He, it's, it's obvious. Do you need a doctor to come and tell you that he can't drive?
3: What if someone can argue that? What if they get a an automatic, an automatic, or, or a prosthetic? Prosthetic. Yes. Yes. Right, yes. Right. So now. I I believe that there's no need for being medically boarded because even if he can't get a automatic truck maybe the company can't afford it or whatever the case may be is there nothing that he can do within the organization because for 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 a company to medically board a person that's that's when you can't now okay you just can no, that's can't.
1: generally sort of you know, they, one would look to try and accommodate him elsewhere in, yeah. the, in the business. Now, let's take this situation. I, I'm assuming, though, it's implied that there is no alternative. They can't accommodate him, so they're applying to medically board. They've got risk benefits attached to their pension or provident fund. Mm-hmm. So, the, a doctor would have to certify him as being incapacitated, either temporarily or, or permanently. And then those benefits would kick in. Now, once you're in receipt of such a benefit, you may not work. Uh-huh. That's the rule. Okay, so, you, and you'll earn uh, 75% of your salary. Now, you're saying, but that's 75% of my salary, which means I've lost 25. Mm-hmm. Effectively, what's happened is you're no longer going to and from work.
3: So you don't need that extra 25%.
1: Exactly. So that's how the insurance – I can't remember exactly the terminology that they use.
3: The insurance, they call it a a risk benefit.
1: It's a risk benefit. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Whereas they say that if you get –
2: Sorry, so the company takes out insurance for this. Correct. Is it mandatory?
1: No, no, not all companies have it.
2: Not all companies have it
1: Well, it's usually attached to It's paid via a a conduit through the pension or provident fund Right Um, Some companies just have a separate group life and risk benefit Permanent disability cover separately Not all companies have it Um, In which case he would have to apply for unemployment benefits through UIF Oh, wow Or workman's compensation if the accident was work-related Right So there are a whole lot of different things. But if you're in receipt of one of those risk-benefits, then you're not allowed to work. And if you do work for an income, you have to declare it to the insurer who will reduce your benefit in line with whatever you're getting. So no, it doesn't mean you can't work. It means that while you're in receipt of that 75%, you can't work for an additional income unless you declare it. And then... You you will have to go for regular medical assessments So the underwriters can decide whether to continue the benefit or not
2: How long does this benefit usually last? For most, the rest of your life? Yeah, or most up, policies, up until retirement age?
1: Most of these policies are structured in such a way that it's for the first two years mm. You can't do the job for which you were hired at this company mm. And thereafter any job
2: You can't do any job for yeah.
1: But obviously, within reason, because if you were the managing director um, and you slipped and broke your leg or whatever, um, and then three years later, they offer you the job of, of a cleaner in the warehouse, it's not a reasonable alternative. So one would look at what is reasonable, right? Mm. right.
0: Oh
2: interesting. It is interesting. Shall you:
0: you've uh, got um, something I, to I just
3: add? wanted to add that I would hope. That you know, in terms of such cover, it would depend on the type of work that you do, because some some industries maybe say a your, t- your truck driver that's dangerous that's there's, that's a high risk uh occupation, mm-hmm. so surely uh, companies yeah, should insurance. companies should take out some sort of insurance mm-hmm. for uh the employees, which some like you said some don't some do, so really being an employer really is stressful. It comes with more obligations than you at at that point in time. If you don't, you know, look into the future or look ahead, it could hurt you in the long run, because there are lots of things that you don't think about. And then once you've hired a person, and then that's it's an obligation on your part that well, you have to do certain things. Sure. That you... The
1: one thing that's mandatory is workman's compensation. Yeah. So mm. you have to belong. To, you have to pay the contributions over to that fund um, every year, and it's based on your annual uh, salary roll. So that offers the employee some protection from occupational injuries and diseases, right. obviously. Right. Um, it's not finite protection. And in addition to that, you would get group life cover or PHI, which is Permanent Health Insurance. Maybe. Not all companies have it, and it's not compulsory. Okay.
2: Okay, last question. We are we're really running out of time. Hmm. Uh, we only got through about about an eighth. Um, so the last question: If an employee is involved in a domestic violence incident hmm. and is arrested, hmm. ending in a criminal record, does this open a door for a disciplinary action and dismissal?
0: Oh, this is a very interesting one. I'll I know a lot of soccer players. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> I will say no. Because how not that I'm condoning domestic abuse and okay, violence, no, let's let's take the domestic violence out. Let's say it's a t- drunken driving. Yeah, but then now I'd say no. Um how did that yes with no no with uh proviso. How did that incident affect your ability, to, ability do your to do your job. And your relationship with your employer. Exactly. Did it taint the company's name in any way, shape or form? If maybe you go to work in shorts and a shirt, you do whatever, it doesn't affect the company in any shape, in mm. a, any shape, or form. But if you wear uniform and you're seeing maybe passion your wife or whatever. Yes, that affects the yeah, reputation it, of the business. Then it's that Cliff Central employee was doing this. So now it's like, oh, does now Cliff Central hire? Condone that. Yeah, kind condone such a thing. So now it's almost, uh, depends on, you know,
0: The seniority of the position that you hold Because I believe in in a certain position When when you talk You don't talk in your own capacity You talk under the umbrella of a particular brand So that brand at all points in time Needs to be in your mind I really think then it also depends Because I think they've got a leg to stand on Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know some people who have actually been driving recklessly because they've given a car and as a brand ambassador, and once they found out they were reckless, they took their car back and yeah. they were simply saying "You no
2: longer a You're brand no longer ambassador. have a car yeah. you, you, Do you know what the fastest car in the world is a Bugatti, I think no a rental car oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we are pretty much out of time. It's been really fascinating. Thank you so much do you want do you want to make any closing remarks or? no i I love the experience.
1: Thank you, lovely to meet you Chilisunani <laughs> <laughs> And thank you Saul Thank no, you everybody
2: for hosting us A big, big pleasure having you here uh, anything to add? Um,
3: Closing remarks uh, Just to employees Raise your voice If you're unhappy about something please don't keep quiet It doesn't matter escalate it to Whoever don't look at the whole thing Of authority and whatever Don't let it ride yeah, please. And also have paper trail to back up whatever you say or whatever E-mails. someone tells you, please, yes. Mm. Back yourself up. Because hearsay, he said, she said, that doesn't really hold water. So always back yourself up and raise your voice. Thank you so much, Julie Sanani. Mm. Chilissa Nani of the Labour Law Enterprise. Correct. And
2: Jackie Perkus of the Fair Labour Practice. Mm. Lionel, thank you very much for being here. As as usual, an absolute pleasure. Merci. Uh, yeah, merci, dankie. Uh, au, uh, au revoir. All, all the rest. Yeah. Uh, uh Guten Tag everybody guten uh, That was the Laws of Life with Gary Hertzberg But it's me, Saul Smith
1: <laughs>
0: Law Like you've never heard it before The Laws of Life
1: With Gary Hertzberg On cliffcentral.com This is cliffcentral.com